You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. This is Roger B. You're listening to Locked and Loaded, and this is America's Web Radio. Wait, is this not the dog show? I'm in the wrong place. Uh, uh-oh. Or I'm on the wrong room. <laughs> A a dog, know, a Roger dog. might take a bite out of you. <laughs> a dog can be used as a weapon. Absolutely. Or, you know, a dog can be a a prelude to a shooting. You've seen John Wick. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> you know, they made the mistake of shooting my dog. That's right. Or uh, the movie Shooter, another one with the dogs. Another one with the dog, yeah. That's right. So don't mess with anybody's dog. That's a surefire way to get yourself in big trouble. Um, Roger, <clears throat> before I bug out, um, I have a question, and I'm sure some listeners out there do. When we left the last hour, where I was talking about red flag laws. Yes, red give, flag laws. Okay. Just you kind of give a brief history and, of this. Yes. The idea is if you believe someone is a danger to themselves or others, then you can – Report them to somebody, and they can take away your firearms. This is like a preemptive strike against you potentially becoming a scumbag and shooting people at a mall or a Walmart or wherever you may be. But the problem with this is it doesn't have to be anybody who has any professional status whatsoever. It can be a family member who's mad at you. It can be an ex-wife or ex-boyfriend or girlfriend or, you know, anybody who thinks, oh, that guy has more than three guns. He's some sort of maniac. He's going to shoot everybody up, even if you've had no history of anything in the past. So this is something that it's coming around. They're trying to use this as a way to prevent people from going crazy and shooting up places because they think, oh, if I think he might do it, then I'm going to go ahead and take his guns away just to just to be preemptive. So – so this is a rabbit hole to go down to basically attack the Second Amendment. Oh my God! Because this is this like is the Salem unlimited. witch trials. Absolutely. Was you there get mad not at your neighbor? He he's, he's, right. He said something to me. Take if, his guns away. If you, your neighbor cuts a tree by accident and you get pissed off, you can call the police and effectively say, "I had an argument with my neighbor. I fear that he has guns. He came after me with his chainsaw." And they will go in and uh, with a they warrantless take his guns. Knock, yeah. It suspends due process completely. So this is not only an attack on the Second Amendment. We're really attacking the Fourth and the Fifth. Oh, my God, yes, yes. I uh, mean, so we're talking – we've got three amendments here that they're going to attack. It, it eliminates due process completely, which is completely illegal. They still have to have levels. warrants, don't they? Uh, no. Well, well under, under red flag, if, if they can pr- – all they have to do is go to a judge – and this is where Lindsey Graham is a, is a culprit here. They just go to a federal judge and say, we have reason to believe that this person is acting erratically or this person is showing signs of a mental health issue, and we believe their weapons in the house. Boom, your, your warrant. In fact, David, look at the abuse of the FISA court. If, the gov- if we can't trust the FISA court, which is a, supposedly the safest court in the land, how can we – how on earth could we trust the federal government to have a red flag law which they could run in front of a judge and and by merely saying i fear for my life because so and so has shown signs of of erratic behavior that judge is going to issue the warrant they're going to come knock down your door and confiscate every weapon and then you have to prove your innocence right but what if i'm okay. going to beat them over the head with my white flag <laughs> yeah well was there not, Roger, already a case where a, a innocent civilian with no history of crime lost his life yes, because they came after his guns? 
Because, you know, they came at, at you know, 5 o'clock in the morning. It's still dark outside. They're beating on this guy's door. Now, I don't know about you guys, but if someone's beating on my door at 5 in the morning, I'm going to be armed to the teeth. Mm-hmm. So he answered the door with a gun in his hand. But, you know... You know, with oh, who wouldn't? Who wouldn't? I mean, I would answer. <laughs> I'm the surprised door. it was just one. I would answer the door. I was just about to say with with two guns at the minimum and my dog. I think I I don't think I'd answer the door. I think I'd call nine one one and say there are a couple well, of idiots in uniforms out there beating on my door. Yes, yeah, and they're not telling me what's going on. Yeah, and it's dark out. Telling, yep. What can't wait until morning? <laughs> that's a good point. But anyway, he 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 let the officers in. And he put he set his weapon down because he saw they were police officers and him being a law-abiding citizen every day of his life. And he was in his 50s, so he'd been around for a while. He wasn't some young, young upstart, you know, new, new pup on the block. And apparently when they told him what they were there for, he got a little irate and said there's no reason for that to happen. And he found out it was his a sister who turned him in because she said – you know, he was a Trump supporter, and he was vocal about it, and she said he was being too loud, and she feared that he might do something hmm. because he was speaking too loudly. Yeah, that, that's, it's crazy to me that, that I, what, what really makes me mad is there are Republicans like Lindsey Graham, which, again, I, I knew his true colors would come out because he's, he's an establishment guy, that he's pushing this. Right, and this guy's sister turned him in because she didn't like the way he was arguing things or saying hmm. things to, to her. And so, now he's dead. And now he's dead. And his his niece was just shocked that the whole thing even transpired like this. She couldn't believe that her mom turned her brother in like that. Mm. Yeah. And that's what it's, it's going to be like. It's going to be like the Salem witch trials. Mm-hmm. Anyone you want is going to be a witch. Anyone you want. Anyone you point at and say is a witch is a witch. And, and uh, they're going to be able to. And now this is an interesting story because we have a New York judge who ordered gun confiscations a month before the red flag laws were even in effect. Oh, my goodness. So the laws were 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 set up to go into effect, and he started enforcing before they were even law. But not even on the books, and you've got a left-leaning activist judge who just, boom, started. Yeah, and you're being convicted of a crime without ever having a day in court, without mm-hmm. ever having any kind of conviction placed against you. Just, we think you might do something. So the days of our our whole jurisprudence is built on the assumption of innocence, but no longer. No exactly. Longer. Oh, exactly. No it, longer. It's, it's absolutely insane. I mean, it's going to get to the point where – and it's funny because we were just talking uh, in the first hour about how communities need to come together, get to know each other, talk to people. This is the kind of law that's going to drive people apart, wall them up, keep them from talking yeah. to anybody because you don't want your neighbor to decide, oh, my God, that guy has a gun. I don't believe in guns. I'm going to call and get mm-hmm. his guns taken away. I, absolutely. And, and that's that's what I wanted to say You know, before I bug out. And the last bit of politics is, is that's exactly what it is, Roger. They're, they they want to give people on the street a way to go after a gun loving, Second Amendment loving Republican, right? Because they want to paint they want to paint all gun owners as psychotic, psychotic. Bible hugging, right. crazy people. Crazy, exactly. Right. Yep. Now oh, here we go. Though the former town judge in New York, though, has been the victim personally and politically motivated gun confiscation because this judge re- he he revoked the pistol license of a local board member <laughs> before the laws even went oh, into wow. effect so this judge went after a personal enemy of his mm. of himself and took away his gun permit 
and therefore went ahead and seized all his weapons of a local board member so town of allen so you're just you're not only pitting people against each other you've got oh gosh politicians going after politicians right just like the irs when they Uh, went after all of our you know oh they went after every tea party conservative Mm -hmm. members trying to start uh groups to raise money they were trying to stifle the money I think we should uh, start a business, a sign business, okay? And for the judge and for other folks like that, the sign reads, Gun-Free Zone. (laughs) And put them in their yard. And put them in their yard. Yes, absolutely. There are no guns in this house. I would love to put that in front of everybody's house who doesn't want to have a gun. Yeah. Well, here's here's what I want to do. If you don't like guns, fine. But if you do, if you're trying to take away my right, then then absolutely. If you're going to be willing to take away my right, then you need to be willing to put a sign in your yard that says this is a gun-free house. Exactly. Let's so, put up that advertisement. Yeah. See how long that lasts. But this is <laughs> yeah. a case where law enforcement was directed by a judge to take weapons away from somebody who'd made disparaging comments about him, who was on a local justice board. Of uh, town of Allen, justice, and um, they they took away her license to to carry a handgun pending an upcoming hearing, and this was all done before the red flag law even went into effect. It was not even effective yet, and he was already taking guns away from people. I mean, and and they they're claiming her attorney is claiming that the the justice's actions were based on personal grudges he held against her. Rather than any valid disqualifying behavior, she had nothing she had been doing that would allow them to take her guns away. But yet, because he had a personal grudge against her, because she had said something disparaging about him, he decided to go ahead and fight back and push this red flag law into effect early. It wasn't even the law yet, and he was trying to enforce it, even though it wasn't even in effect. So this is just a hint of things to come. Especially if we can't get along and have civil discourse and converse about politics at all, how on earth are red flag laws going to help people get along any better? Especially when you have a group of people in the United States who are so adamantly against anybody who owns a gun, any kind of gun ownership. And the worst thing is most of these people don't even like the police that much. So I just wonder how many people are going to call on their neighbor who has a gun. Turns out he's a law enforcement officer or something like that, and yet they'll take his gun away, ruin his career just by pointing a finger. No due process whatsoever. It is going to get to the point where everybody is going to be afraid to talk to anybody. They're not going to want to make new friends because you don't know if that new friend is anti-gun and he's going to point at you and have your guns taken away. It's like the Salem witch trials all over again. We're just going to say he's a witch, she's a witch, they're a witch or whatever pronoun you want to use. I don't know. But it is just, it's its crazy to think this is what they're pushing for. And even Donald Trump has mentioned something about red flag laws. He's considering trying to pass this on some sort of federal level. Now, I don't know if he's actually, if he's fully aware of how this works or how they're going to try and put it into effect. But it just seems to me like this is a, a very slippery road. And once you get started down, there's no coming back. And I just wonder how many people are going to get into other things. Oh, he he said something politically on Facebook. Therefore, I don't like him. He's a Trump supporter. I have to take his guns away because they're violent. You know, they're going to paint these people in a certain light, and they're going to use this law to try and affect people they don't like. It's going to become personal. 
And if we go down this road, the Constitution, as it was written, will never be the same because it violates search and seizure laws. It violates due process, taking property without due process, and also accusing somebody of a crime potentially and having them basically declared guilty before they even have a chance to defend themselves. You're taking away property without any kind of due process. And if this continues, it's going to be unbelievably bad. I mean, you'll see this happen. And more and more states are getting into the red flag laws and trying to pass versions of them. But But the thing is, there's no, a lot of them have no requirement for anybody in a professional capacity to claim you've done something wrong. It can be anybody. You know, now granted, if you see something, say something. That's always been an expression of law enforcement. However, when they can actually enforce some sort of law without any kind of wrongdoing, that's when things get kind of crazy. I mean, how long is it going to be until everybody is pointing at everybody else saying they're doing something wrong or they start doing other things like taking away your right to own property because they don't think you know how to take care of it or they don't think you're a good person or they don't want you in the neighborhood and they try and, you know, have other things under red flag laws. This is something once you get started down this hole, there's no coming back. There's no rope. There's no ladder. There's no way to get back from this. And unfortunately, that's the way we're headed right now. That's the way they're going to try and get backdoor gun control, making anybody with a gun seem like a potential threat, and we need to take them away because, oh, they said something to somebody. You know, you bumped somebody's cart in the grocery store. Oh, you're a maniac. We're going to take your guns away. You know, so it's just going to keep people from talking to each other. You know, the people who stated themselves are going to be the ones who are going to be able to keep their guns because no one will know what they've got, where they've got it, and they won't be able to offend anybody by talking to them. So, you know, it might be a ploy by Amazon. Who knows? Well, you're listening to America's Web Radio. This is Locked and Loaded. I am Roger B., and we will be right back. Get your pen and paper ready. If there's a move in your near future, I'm here to tell you that the folks I used and now recommend is Around Town Movers. Timothy and the guys recently moved me, and I am and was totally satisfied with a sometimes not-so-fun experience moving. Call Timothy at 770-378-4708 and make it a good move and a good experience. Around Town Movers for that local or cross-country move. Timothy, Around Town Movers, in my opinion, are the best. That's Around Town Movers. Call them. Hello, I'm Dr. Mike Karuchak. Have you ever wondered what doctors talk about amongst themselves? If you do, join us on the Doctor's Lounge and hear the doctors' conversations amongst themselves. Join me and my co-host, Dr. Hal Schertz, every Thursday morning, 8 to 9 a.m. Quick Stakes, that's Q-U-I-K Stakes, are not just for surveyors. They are great for family and community gardens. Go online to www.quickstake.com or contact your local land surveying supply dealer and get you a box of Quick Stakes. You'll love them every year when you plant your garden. Again, that's Quick Stakes, Q-U-I-K Stakes, the truly preferred way to stake and identify what's in your garden now. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. 
Hello and welcome back. I am Roger B. This is Locked and Loaded, where we talk about guns, weapons, firearms, politics related to guns, weapons, firearms, and we do this on America's Web Radio. Now, if you have any questions for me, I'm available. You can send me an email at roger at americaswebradio.com. So feel free to do that if you have any dissenting opinions, consenting opinions, if you concur or if you disagree. So I always welcome those. Or if you have a topic you would like to see discussed, or if you want to come on and discuss a topic with me, you can even send me an email for that. In fact, we're planning on having some special guests this month. I hope they come through. I'll let you know as soon as we confirm. But anyway, back to the show. We're going to get on to something now where everybody has heard now about the shootings we've had the uh, in um, <clears throat> in Texas and in Ohio. And the only thing I can say is it's terrible that people would decide to do this to somebody. And I, I heard a lot of people in the, uh, I guess, in the gun community saying, well, if I was there, I would have stopped that guy. I would have shot him. Now, what you don't realize is the guy in Texas in particular, he managed to kill 20 people in under one minute. Now, you're in a crowded Walmart, several hundred thousand square feet of space, and you hear shots go off. What are the chances you're going to be able to find where they're coming from, find a good angle to approach, and not put yourself in danger, and end it in less than 60 seconds? Highly unlikely. The best person, I cannot, I didn't get his name, but he actually went into the store, rounded up children who were isolated from parents, got them out of the store before anything happened to them. He was probably the hero of the whole situation, saving people's lives. And that's probably the best thing that could have been done. Now, granted, Texas has one of the highest concealed carry rates in the country at almost 5%. And yet still, within less than 60 seconds, nobody was able to get to this guy and put him down until, I believe, police arrived. But, you know, it's something that you have to deal with. And I, I, I urge everybody, stay armed, stay trained, and make sure you stay current on everything. In fact, <clears throat> there's an expression which if I can find it, we'll get to that. Yes, if you don't have a gun, buy one. If you don't know how to use it, learn how to use it. If you don't believe in guns, get ready to hide behind somebody who does. That's the only way you're going to be protected. Because if you don't have a way to protect yourself and you're not willing to learn how to use a way of protection, you're going to have to hide behind somebody who does protect people. Now, granted, a lot of times this can be a police officer or law enforcement official, but if you want to, but when seconds count, cops are only minutes away. So decide, is your family worth protecting? Now, if you don't feel comfortable with it, by all means, don't. I don't want anybody to have a weapon who doesn't feel comfortable with it. Or maybe you just need to get some exposure and make yourself comfortable with it. You know, learn how to use it. It's just like using a saw, a chainsaw for the first time or a circular saw. If you don't know how, it can be scary. But you know what? If you have proper training, any tool can be mastered in the right hands. So just a little note there. And, you know, I understand I my deepest sympathies go out to everybody who had anybody injured or killed during the shootings this weekend. And I urge you, take, take some solace in knowing the whole country sympathizes with you we're all you know extremely disappointed things like this happen and it's horrible that in this country things happen like this and the fact that people try and put political spin on it right away 
I mean, apparently one of the guys leaned hard left, the other guy leaned to the right, and both parties are trying to point fingers at the other one saying, oh, it's is the right's fault, it's the left's fault. Well, you know what? Turning into a scumbag and shooting up some public place has nothing to do with politics. I would hope neither political party pushes for that kind of action. There's no reason for that. We should have civil discourse. We should be able to discuss things. And politicians should be able to set an example for this. The fact that politicians urge people to go out and get in people's faces and start a fight, that is no—that is a politician who was just a thug. There's no reason for that to happen. Politicians are supposed to be our leaders by example. They're not supposed to go out and tell people to start a fight. And to me, this is why a lot of these things happen. Like there was the shooter in Dallas, Texas, who killed five police officers because, you know, the whole anti-police movement fired him up and got him spurred on. So, you know, be careful what you say to people and don't ever try to use a gun as a way to settle an argument, especially when you can walk away. But also arm yourself, be prepared, because you're the only one who's going to protect you when the chips are down. In fact... Besides the two shootings we had this weekend, there was the city of Chicago, which I know we talked about briefly during uh, On Point with Victor show. But Chicago had so much violence over the weekend, one of the hospitals in Chicago had to stop admitting gunshot victims. They were overloaded. They went on what they call bypass. Now, when a hospital goes on bypass, they stop accepting new emergency patients because there were over 48 people injured by gunfire over the weekend in Chicago. That's like from Friday night to se- to Sunday. And over se- and the seven people were killed. So they had, you know, over 50 people shot, some killed, some just wounded by gunfire in a, just a regular Chicago weekend. Now, I know all the focus was on in Dayton, Ohio, and in El Paso, Texas, but we need to look at the inner cities because Chicago has some of the strictest gun laws in the country. And yet this is where all the shootings take place. It's almost impossible to get a gun permit in in the state of Illinois unless you know somebody or have a good reason. They are not a shall issue state. You have to fight for your you have to fight to maintain your right to own a firearm in, in, in Illinois and in New York. Now California, even though they have a lot of restrictions, almost anyone can get a weapon there. They are limited as to what kind. But in New York, you have to fill out a 60-page application, submit a $300 application fee just to be able to purchase a handgun. Not carry it. You almost will never get a carry permit. But just to purchase one is a $300 application fee and a 60-page application. So these states that make it more difficult make it that much easier for criminals to take advantage of people. Because you know the criminals are not going to go through this kind of you know, troublesome Paperwork. They're just going to go get what they want off the street or get it from straw purchasers. Some get somebody to buy it for them from another state and get it to them. Because, you know, not everything that we ship or not everything we take into the state is is checked. You know, we have a relatively free country. People can travel between states. Nobody checks them at the border of each state to see if they're transporting in anything that's not to be allowed. So just be aware of this and be prepared to defend yourself. Because if you don't do it, I don't know if anybody else will. <clears throat> now, I don't know if you're aware, but just a week or so ago, a California judge upholds the assault weapons ban in California. So a federal California judge ruled the state's convoluted ban on assault weapons does not infringe on the rights of residents in the state. 
Now, this is a decision that's almost certainly headed for the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals because there's no way this is going to stand up. The, uh, the people in the legal side of this are going to take this to the next level. They're going to appeal. And it basically shows the complete ignorance of how semi-automatic firearms operate. They're trying to make – this is basically going to make almost every semi-automatic weapon illegal in California. Now, they already have, they already have their gun roster which means if a semi-automatic handgun or revolver cannot somehow stamp a serial number or identifying mark on the cartridge casing as it fires, then it will not be allowed to be sold in California. Now, this doesn't apply to guns that were already being sold. So basically, with this law in place, unless this technology comes to fruition and they do find a way to easily stamp cartridge cases, no new manufactured guns of a new model or new style are going to be available in California. So probably within the next 10 years, you're not going to allow anything new to be allowed, which means every gun in California will be over 20 years old or a 20-year-old design. So none of the new designs, new technology is going to be available in California in a very short time. But anyway, so they put this assault rifle ban into place several months ago. And now a federal judge has upheld it, saying, oh, no, it's okay to ban these because the fact that a semi-automatic weapon is the same as an M16 to most of us who know better is absolutely ridiculous. Just like you can't put racing stripes on your car and call it a race car. makes no sense whatsoever, but apparently making sense in California is not very high in the priority list. So just be aware, if this gets upheld by the Ninth Circuit Court, which it very well may be, and then it's going to have to go to the Supreme Court if they're willing to hear it. But if this gets upheld and the Supreme Court will not accept hearing this case, or if by some rare chance they rule in favor of it, there goes all semi-automatic rifles sold in the United States. They can all be put under an assault weapons ban by each individual state, which would be a complete infringement on Second Amendment rights. Now, it's unfortunate that we have to fight for a right that's clearly spelled out in the Constitution. There is no ambiguity in shall not be infringed. And it says arms. It doesn't say muskets. It doesn't say flintlock rifles. It doesn't say single-shot rifles. It doesn't say hunting weapons. It doesn't say in order to deer hunt better. It says the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. And I know there's a lot of people who say every infringement is a problem. The fact that anybody should be able to own a fully automatic weapon, own a suppressor, own a short barrel rifle. Now, I don't know about that extreme. I mean, granted, legal legal owners are generally not going to have any problems with following the laws. And if they were to allow all these things, sure, most legal people, most people law-abiding would handle it. Well, we're going to be right back after these few messages. You're listening to America's Web Radio. This is Locked and Loaded, and I am Roger B. My name is Kyle Hayes, a motorsports student at Alfred State College. Every year, Alfred State students compete in the Great Race, which is a cross-country time endurance rally for vintage vehicles. As you can imagine, it's pretty costly. I'm asking for your help. Your donation can make it possible for these students to live their passion and promote the vintage automobile industry. Please visit our site at give.alfredstate.edu and search Great Race to learn more and help us reach our goal. Thank you. 
The Docs for Patient Care Foundation is your way to join the fight and become a member of an organization created by doctors for patients dedicated to fighting for your health care freedom and preserving the doctor-patient relationship. Get a pen and paper. Write down docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. That's D-O-C-S, the number four, patientcarefoundation.org. Go to our site and please make a generous tax-deductible donation and join the fight today. Thank you. Hi, this is Ron Camacho, host of the Business Hour on America's Web Radio. If you'd like to hear an eclectic mix of great programs from relationships with Dr. Ann Schiebert to homegrown veggies and from classic cars to the Constitution, we've got programs for discerning listeners at www.americaswebradio.com. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Hello and welcome back. I am Roger B. This is Locked and Loaded, and you're listening to America's Web Radio. Now, keep in mind, if you guys have any comments, any questions, any dissenting or concurring opinions, be happy to hear them. You can send me an email, roger at americaswebradio.com, and I'll be there to answer questions. Or if you have a subject you would like to hear talked about, I can certainly handle that. I'll do the best I can. I don't know everything, but I'm working on getting experts to come in and join me on some of these things. Gets people who know a lot more than I do, which would be make for better entertainment, I would think. But anyway, just before we left, we were talking about semi-automatic weapon bans in California and how a judge so far is upholding this as being legal to limit, to infringe on the rights of citizens to own these weapons. Now, there was one thing, I don't know how many of you are familiar with the Heller case that took place, I believe, in D.C., where Heller, they ruled in the Heller case that the right for an individual to own a gun is not something that should be restricted, and that the Second Amendment was an individual right and not some sort of government, you know, issued right that they could take away whenever they wanted. But the problem is is that they noted during the Heller discussion that dangerous and unusual weapons could fall outside the scope of the Second Amendment. So if they decide some weapon is unusually dangerous or, you know, extremely dangerous, they could classify it as something that would fall outside of the Second Amendment right to own. Now, I just wonder if they consider that with other rights. I've said this probably a hundred times already, but the First Amendment specifically spells out freedom of the press, freedom to assemble. Now, what if they decided that, oh, if you're, if you're a dangerous group, you don't get a right to assemble? Now, granted, I, I would like to agree with somebody who wanted to limit, I guess, meeting permits for people like Nazis or Antifa or KKK. I would love to limit those. However, under our current laws, they should not be limited. And like a, famous philosopher once said, although I may disagree with you, I will fight to the death for your right to say it. Because we can't have it both ways. You can't try and give one person or a group of people the ability to limit what you can say based on what they feel is legal. And the same thing should apply to, to guns and weapons also. It shouldn't be up to one group of people to decide you shouldn't be able to have this or you should be able to have this. This is a gun that's too dangerous and nobody should have that. That's ridiculous. The, it's the person. It's not the gun. More people are killed by alcohol than are by guns. Now, some of you are going to go, oh, but that's different. You know, people don't mean it's accidental. It's like, well, there's a lot of accidental shootings, too. 
and a lot of people drink and go out and drive deliberately. They don't decide to do this on by an accident. They deliberately drink and they drive. And 88,000 people a year are killed in alcohol-related incidents. Now, you may wonder, okay, but there's millions of people every day who use alcohol safely without hurting anybody. Sure, and there's millions of people who use guns every day safely without hurting anybody. In fact, guns probably responsible for saving lives more than alcohol ever is. I don't think alcohol has ever saved anybody's life. But do I want to take away your right to, to drink alcohol? Absolutely not. As long as you're willing to do it responsibly, responsibly and be a legal, law-abiding citizen about it, that's fine. Same thing with guns. If you're a legal, law-abiding citizen, you have every right to own what you want to own, use it when you want to. But again, if you do carry a weapon, you have to be on your best behavior. You have to be the shining example of a law-abiding citizen. You cannot take any chances on anything with that. So it's something to consider. But now, in California, they are limiting the magazine capacities on all these semi-automatic weapons and have ever since 1994. They've limited them to 10 rounds. Now, Purdue University has a researcher, uh, Mr. J. Eric Dietz. He's with Purdue University's Homeland Security Institute. says that the latest research at his lab indicates that magazine bans may cost lives. Not save them when it comes to defending yourself. So they're saying that having a larger capacity magazine could actually save your life in a situation where you're defending yourself. Now you wonder, they, they took all this data, they put it into computers, they, I guess whatever computers do to it, the magic box where everything happens. But they were doing modeling and setting up and they added one round at a time to all the shooting instances that they could load information into their computer on and they found out every round you can add to a magazine capacity would increase a homeowner's chance of defending himself and his family and enhancing his chance of survival. So it seems unusual that they would want to limit your capacity to defend yourself because every round extra you have increases your chances of survival, a home invasion or a home robbery. And, uh, you know, I I would have thought that there was a diminishing point of return. Like when you get to 20 rounds, is that all it would take? Apparently... They said every round you add, up to a 100-round magazine is as far as they went. They said anyone, any round above the next one was going to increase your chances and make things easier to do. Now, if you're in the military, you know the more guns, the better. The bigger the magazine capacity, the better your chances are. You always want to have more than your enemy does. So, you know, this is something, this is a a study that was put out by Purdue University. So it's got some credibility. But he goes, if you really want to survive an attack in your home, have the largest magazine capacity possible That's that I would say is comfortable to use and doesn't become awkward. Now, he says his teams are getting ready to publish this information and bring out the statistics so you can look at it more carefully, break it down and see this. But one thing he did mention that I thought was pretty unusual is that getting money to research this type of thing is extremely difficult. The government does not want to spend money researching how to make guns more effective to defend people. 
that would tell me that they're just trying to look for ways to make guns look like they're worse instead of better and make guns look like they're always on the side of wrong. And unfortunately, figures for saved lives by guns is a lot harder to get because it's hard to say how many you saved. If you stop somebody from shooting, you don't know how many people he would have got to before you were able to stop him. So, you know, those numbers, they're there, and but unfortunately right now there's no way to quantify that number. But you can imagine if somebody had stopped the guy in Texas after he shot one, two, five people, you know, they never would have known until he was finished how many people he would have got to. And that's why I say you got to take your own responsibility for your own defense. If you're willing to take the time to learn, learn and learn well because no one else is going to defend you better than yourself when the time is there. Okay, now we're going to get into stuff that's a little more fun. One company that's been around for a long time is a company called STI. And they were started by a couple guys and they make they their their claim to fame is they make a double stack 1911 type pistol. Now it's not a true 1911 in that it doesn't have a a full steel frame and grip combined. It actually has a smaller inner steel frame that a grip module can be switched out on. But anyway, it's a 1911 style, similar safety, single action, hammer back kind of weapon. And this company has become a little more famous as of late. I don't know if anyone who's seen the movie, the latest John Wick movie, but John Wick uses an STI, specifically an STI combat master now this is you know it was created by Terran Tactical which is a gentleman who actually trained Keanu Reeves for work in this movie to make him look like he knew what he was doing and if you've ever gone online and seen these videos Keanu does a great job they show him in live fire exercises and he is extremely good apparently he spent many many hours learning how to use weapons actual weapons with real ammo correctly so he would look good doing it in the film and all us enthusiasts who like to call out gun flaws would not have anything to complain about of course there are some things you know making shots over the head behind the back perfectly every time that's a little bit of a Hollywood license there, but still, the fact that he was doing reloads properly, the fact that he was fast and level, he had a good grip on the weapon, all this is is due to his training at Terran Tactical. Now, the new Combat Master has a a 5.4-inch match-grade barrel, and it has slide cuts, so you can can get good grip on the slide front and rear to enhance being able to, to to rack and run. Because everybody knows you, if you want to switch mags, you got to be able to rack and run. Or if you have a jam, you got to be able to tap, tap and rack. And one thing that's interesting is it does have a few changes from the standard STI. It starts off with an FDA, FDE Cerakote, has a bronze barrel with a Terran Tactical logo engraved on it. And the front sight is what they call a tracker barrel, which means the front sight is actually attached to the barrel, not to the slide. Now, those of you who know how 1911 works knows that barrel stays put. It doesn't slide back with the slide. It doesn't move that much. And if your sight stays on the barrel, it makes it much easier to keep that sight on target for multiple shots. Now, there are also slide cuts to lighten the slide to make it, it means the slide has less recoil and a faster cycling action, which means you can get a lot more shots off a lot quicker, which, you know, more shots quicker, always better. 
And we're just going to go over a few quick specs. It's got the 5.4 inch match grade bull barrel. For those of you who are unfamiliar with a bull barrel in a 1911, what this does is means the barrel is the same size as the hole in the slide. There's no separate bushing to mate the two up. So the slide and the barrel actually made up together. Now that may seem unusual, but if you look at most semi-automatic pistols of late manufacture, Glock, Springfield, Smith & Wessons, they all have the barrel that fits into the slide. But on the STI, it's a cone-shaped barrel, so as it locks up, it locks up on the th- thickest part of the barrel, and as soon as it unlocks from battery, it goes down to a skinnier part of the barrel, so it moves much more freely. This makes for a very accurate gun, which is also extremely reliable. So if you want to be John Wick, you got to get your STI Combat Master. Now, they're going to be, I believe it was approximately $35 to $4,200, depending on how you got one, but... They, and they include four 22-round magazines chambered in 9mm. So that's always fun because 22 rounds in a 9mm is always a blast. And then, again, in the news, STI once again scores a big hit. Apparently, the U.S. Marshals Special Operations Group have adopted an STI 2011 pistol as well. I mean, now this one's a little different. This holds 21 rounds, but again... With the bull barrel, shoot super fast, and who doesn't want 21 rounds of 9mm? Now, this one also comes in a 45, and I'm not sure about the capacity of that one. But there are over 5,000 Marshall Service, U.S. Marshall field agents right now. And they're going to get these, the guys who are in the field are going to get a chance to get these guns. Now, these are based on a little shorter design. Let's see if I can find that quickly. That's going to be more of a commander style. A little, um, a shorter slide, a little shorter grip, but still 21 rounds in a 9mm. Now, it's funny because they're looking for something with an optical sight, with an optical sight possibility on it. So it looks like optics, pistol optics are going to become more mainstream, more run of the mill, and STI is providing the slide cutout for the optic. And it looks like they're going to go with the loophole optic as the one that they're going to choose. So that's good for STI. You know, they've been uh, kind of in the shadows for a long time. But now they're coming out there, you know, say that they've made movie fame, and now they're going to actually be provided to U.S. Marshals. So far they've ordered 160 of these weapons. Now, of course, these are going to be for the special operators, so not every agent is going to get one of these. But now SDI claims they have in over 60 departments in 19 states selling this particular model. So, And they're also available in 45, which is kind of neat for those of you who like the little bigger bullet, little bigger. It's almost twice the size of a 9mm bullet. But uh, that would be something to consider also. But STI, if a company, if you don't know about them, certainly worth checking into because they are they make some amazing pistols they take the 1911 to the next level all right well we're going about to take a break here so you're listening to america's web radio i am roger b and this is locked and loaded 45 years of experience is behind the most trusted name in auto transportation passport transport the first and finest today That's why Passport Transport is the preferred auto transport for major auto manufacturers, concours, museums, tours, and collectors, and should be your choice from across the state to across the country. When you have the need, go to PassportTransport.com 
and enjoy the peace of mind referenced experience will give you. Passport Transport. This is Dr. Susan Blank, host of Detailing Addiction on America's Web Radio. Please join us at 4 p.m. on Tuesday afternoons. This is Ron Camacho, host of the Business Hour, on Fridays from 10 to 11 a.m. Join me as I talk with passionate professionals on a program that profiles the best businesses, business professionals, business practices, and fascinating individuals to get an insider view of how America works, 10 to 11 a.m., on America's Web Radio. Your auto love and investment demands the best, and for 45 years, Passport Transport has been meeting those demands. From manufacturers to the one-car collectors and all other facets of the auto industry and antique auto hobby. The first and the finest with unequaled service and peace of mind. Passport Transport, your auto transportation company. Contact PassportTransport.com with your need today. Passport Transport. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Hello and welcome back. I am Roger B. You're listening to Locked and Loaded, and this is America's Web Radio. So in case you're having trouble tuning in or can't find it today, you can always go to the AmericasWebRadio.com website. Most of the shows are archived there. You can listen to them, or if you want to get really brave and subject your eyes to all kinds of mayhem, you can go to YouTube under America's Web Radio and watch our show. Yeah, I know, just sitting in a studio talking into a microphone and me fidgeting most of the time. Not a lot of fun to watch, but if you want to see, it's there to look at. So make sure you catch up on shows you've missed. If you want to see On Point with Victor or see David's pick from earlier today as we discuss the shootings, by all means, you can go to YouTube and see those. They should be available, if not now, very shortly. And you can also go to Facebook and see us live, which I don't know why anybody would want to see somebody with a face for radio like myself. But anyway, if you want to subject yourself, it's there to be had. Also, if you have any comments, you can certainly write me at roger at americaswebradio.com, and I will try and get back to you, maybe. But, okay, one more thing I want to discuss today is this, to me, is one of the greatest advances in optic sighting that has come around in the last probably several centuries. It's the low-power variable optic, LPVO. Now, the LPVO is just an acronym for a, a rifle sight or a scope that has low power on its low end and can zoom up to a higher power. Normally, scopes are, you know, 3 to 9, 4 to 12, 6 to 18. These have been the standard for many years. Then, apparently, technology has got to the point where we can lower that lower number down to the point where a 1x scope is possible. Now, this is not a red dot we're talking about. This is a variable power scope that has the ability to go from 1 on up. Now, you may wonder, what's the advantage of having a 1x scope? Who wants to have no magnification on your scope? Well, this is essentially being able to put a red dot on your weapon and be able to zoom it up to whatever power you have available, anywhere 4, 6, 8. I've seen some as high as 10 or 12. Now, of course, the, the, apparently there are physical properties in lenses which make this extremely difficult to do. So, but now apparently those hurdles have been made and these scopes are readily available. Now, what this would do for you is on a low magnification, like a 1X, if it has a lit reticle, you're basically running a large red dot. 
This enables you to hit targets very close up, very clearly, all in one focal plane. For those of you who've tried to focus iron sights on a target and try and focus on both at the same time, you know how much of an advantage having an optic can be. And a red dot is a great way to to put something on a rifle to be able to see it all in one plane. However, what if you want to have a rifle that's capable of shooting not only inside a house, like say 10, 15, 20 yards, but you want to be able to zoom out to three or 400 yards and make those shots also without having to find a, a giant red dot in the middle of a target that's not much bigger. That way, the low power Variable optic is the way to go. Now, when these first came out, most of them were relatively small. They were like 1 to 4X, and they were heavy and they were large. But they worked, and that's why I think scope manufacturers noticed that people were very interested in having these because that, that 1X, you can keep both eyes open just as you would a red dot and use it as such. So you can go around, clear buildings, clear houses, clear small spaces with that scope on the 1X setting and a lit reticle. Or even without a lit reticle, if there's enough light, you can see the reticle that's in there. On the 1X setting, it's got no magnification, but it gives you the advantage of having everything in one plane, which those of you who are a little older know it gets harder and harder to focus. Even if you're just shooting, you know, 15, 20 yards, to focus on both the target and your sights can sometimes be difficult. Now, you get out to hundreds of yards away, and that's going to make a huge difference. In fact, a lot of these scopes when they first came out, were only 1 to 4, and that was considered unbelievable. That was the technology that was broken. Yeah, that had technology wall that had been broken. So now you can get scopes 1 to 4, 1 to 6, 1 to 8, 1 to 12, anything in between, and the quality has gone up. The prices have come down because the initial scopes were very expensive because the 1X technology was so difficult to reproduce. But they've been out for a long time, but you kind of wonder... Why did it take so long for these to come out? Well, I had one author, I read his article, and he seems to think that the Clinton crime bill caused people to not pay attention to AR-15s as much. And with the AR-15 being the most popular rifle in America, why would you want to put an expensive scope on a rifle that is very difficult to get or almost a collector's item? But then finally in 2004, Clinton's nightmare went away, and we were able to get back to having whatever weapons we decide we wanted to have, well, within reason. There's still the Gun Law Act of 1934, which limits a few things there. But it it was great because people were starting to use red dots a lot because the red dots put everything into one plane. They were small. They were light. They were fast to use, fast to acquire sites. But then people started using uh, AR-15 or its variations as a tactical carbine meaning you want to use it. Most rifles are used for long distance. Here, all of a sudden, the AR-15 became something that could be used for short range. You could use it for clearing buildings. You could use it for clearing a house. You could use it for you know short-range hunting or short-range target shooting or steel. And then the advent of three-gun matches came out, where you're going to have targets ranging anywhere from 25 to 300 yards. And now, granted, at 25 yards, a standard 3 to 9 scope is going to magnify that a minimum of three times, which is going to make it very difficult to acquire a target. So with your 1X scope, you can jump in there, flip it to 1X. Oh, wait, you've got a target at 200 yards. Crank it up to 3, 4, 5, wherever you're at. 
oh, out to 300 yards, go all the way up to 8x and shoot those. So it's extremely useful, to me at least, when I think about low-power variable optic, it's the way to go on almost any rifle that has a relatively short range. Now, the AR-15 is capable, they say, up to six to 800 yards, I believe. I don't know that. I know I would not be comfortable beyond probably four to 500, if that. But just to be able to see your target at that range would make a huge difference. So that would be something to consider. Anybody with any kind of carbine rifle or any kind of rifle they want to be able to use for short range and for longer range, the LPVO is the way to go. Now, with the advent of all these pistol braces, the barrels have gotten a little shorter on some of these pistols, and a lot of people can use them, in effect, to replace some of the carbine rifles. And most people run a red dot on these because they, they're only using them for short range because shorter barrels usually equal shorter range. However, in some of the new cartridges, like a 300 blackout, well, not new by any stretch, but it was designed to run through a 9-inch barrel and burn all the powder. And this still has an effective range of probably at least 300 yards. So in order to see things at 300 yards, a red dot would be very difficult. Now, you could probably get close, but to do any kind of precision work, you're going to need a scope on it. And one, I'd have a scope that doubles as a red dot. You know, one of the, uh, one of the first ones to come out that was probably inspirational in a lot of other companies coming out with things was the Vortex Razor. The 1 to 6X... It was used by SOCOM on M4s and MK18s, and that alone was enough to make people go, hey, I want one of those because the Army's using it and the special operators are using it. So if special operators are using it, I know everybody knows those are usually the best thing. But it, it, a lot of these scopes, when they first came out, cost two or three times what your rifle did, so most people couldn't afford them. Now prices have fallen down. You can get one for several hundred dollars. That's going to perform just like one from 10 years ago would have that was 1500 to $2,000. And since it has the SOCOM stamp of approval, you know, everybody wanted to have one. But it's something to consider. Now, you could also run these on any kind of AKs, on ARs, any kind of short, shorter type rifle that you want to have a, a very variable range, even a hunting rifle. If you want a hunting rifle that you're going to be in the brush or in woods or in any place with a short distance and you think the scope might get in the way or not give you enough or have too much magnification and not allow you to see what you want to see, the low-power variable optic would be the way to go. Anything with a 1x magnification at the bottom. Now, some of the earliest ones or some of the ones now are like a 1.1 true magnification, but a lot of them are true zero magnification. And to me, these seem like some of the best ones. And I guess it took a while for them to develop the technology to keep decent eye relief and to keep the optics clear all the way up to the higher powers. Usually the lower powers are the hardest ones to do correctly. In fact, if you're looking at one of these and it's not something you're familiar with, the first thing you want to do is look through the optic at relatively close range, 20, 30, 40 feet, and look at the edges of the scope Field. At the edges of the field is where you're going to usually see distortion first if the optic is not of very high quality. Now, a lot of times that may not make a difference. If the price is low enough, you might be able to sacrifice a little bit of the outer edge focus to get the variable power. Then as you decide to move up, you want to get higher quality optics 
Keep in mind, look at the edge of the optics on the lowest setting. That will usually give you the best indicator of the quality of the glass inside. And, of course, the higher quality of the glass, the better you can see, the better you can identify your targets, the better you can hit your targets. So, And there's other ones, too. I mean, they don't have to be 1X. I mean, I've seen stuff that's like they have stuff that's 2.5 to 10. But, again, that would still be a strictly rifle scope because 2.5X, you're probably not going to be using that for anything super close unless you're really good and can pick your target out before the scope comes up to your eye. Another thing that these scopes are good for is pistol caliber carbines. Now, granted, those are usually limited to 100 to possibly 200 yards. Maybe if you had a 10 millimeter or a 9 millimeter running plus P's, you might be able to get out to 200 yards on some of those. And again, the low power variable optic would be be one of my first choices to put on there because after all if you want to range anywhere from you know five or six yards out to 200 yards you want to be able to see everything within that range clearly so go out and take a look if you have a pistol caliber carbine or a carbine rifle you want to equip to cover a variety of ranges to be able to cover that 20 feet out to 200 yards 300 yards these are the ways to go and now it seems as if one to six is almost standard when they first came out a one to four was just amazing the fact that you could have a 4x scope and a 0x scope on the same gun when i say 1x it's one times the magnification so 1x is actually true vision it's zero magnification so you're running a zero magnification on up to eight times the original size through the same scope body and there are some that are even a little more. Most of the ones I've seen that are higher than 8, though, are generally not the premium brands. And these tend to be a little bit fuzzier from what I've seen. But the technology is increasing rapidly. It's catching up. Before you know it, you're going to have a 1 to 20X. You'll never need another scope again. But, of course, as you get bigger and bigger magnification, the size of the scope gets bigger. They get heavier because if they have to use quality glass, the glass is not light. It's heavy. It's going to add weight. So deciding between a red dot and a scope is going to be your decision in the end. But if you want magnification, the low-power variable optic is the way to go. And it might be something to try instead of running a red dot on a rifle, a carbine, or even a pistol caliber carbine. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that's all the time we have today. This is Locked and Loaded, and you're listening to America's Web Radio. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.